Hello, everybody. We are brought to you today by Routine. When you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors and sweating. What do you do first thing in the morning? Well, most people wake up, don't drink water, and they go straight for the caffeine. They drink coffee. And by doing so, you actually dehydrate yourself even more. So Morning Routine is a product that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. They come in these little single-serve packets, and they are part of every single morning for me. When I wake up, the first thing I do is grab my shaker bottle, pour one of these little single-serve packets in, shake it up, and drink it. Uh, genuinely, the days I use Morning Routine versus the days I don't, the days I do, I truthfully, truthfully, truthfully feel hydrated. Uh, I feel like my brain is just working in a way that it doesn't on days that I don't start my day off with one of these. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout, you'll get 30% off your first order. Again, this is just a daily morning supplement that I take. Um, and a little hack for everyone listening too, I take these first thing in the morning. Sometimes when I feel just dehydrated or maybe if you decide to have an alcoholic beverage, they're also great in my opinion after having a, if you have a drink, um, having one of these afterwards before you go to bed to rehydrate, just any part of your day, um, you can plug one of these in uh, just to rehydrate yourself and get going. And like I said, go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Today, we're also brought to you by NeuroRoast. Today's episode is brought to you by NeuroRoast, a company that's dedicated to helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. NeuroRoast's flagship product is their premium mushroom coffee, which is made with an organic single-origin coffee and their signature blend of five different functional mushrooms, including cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail, and chaga. Mushroom coffee is a new and exciting way to supercharge your day. Unlike regular coffee, which can cause jitters and crashes, mushroom coffee provides a more balanced and sustained energy boost, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. And with NeuroRoast ground and instant coffee options, you can enjoy the benefits of mushroom coffee wherever and whenever you need it. And here's some great news for my listeners today. NeuroRoast is offering an exclusive just discount just for you. If you use the code ShaneWhite during checkout at NeuroRoast.com, dot com that's n-e-u-r-o-a-s-t dot com you'll get 30 percent off your order uh, whether you choose ground or instant coffee both will work so again that's shane white at at checkout for 30 percent off your purchase so if you're looking for a natural and delicious way to boost your focus memory and overall cognitive function give neurorose mushroom coffee a try with their commitment to quality and sustainability, you can trust that you're getting the best possible coffee for your brain and your body. Uh, and one last time, use that code Shane White at checkout to get 30%. Um, that is the prompt they gave me. Love the guys at NeuroRoast. Genuinely, folks, uh, from me to you, th their coffee is delicious. It does honestly have a different sort of caffeination way of it. The best way to describe it is it, it doesn't give you the jitters or the crash. Um, I love their stuff. It's the I get the flavored mushroom coffee, ground coffee. Um, to be honest, it's one of my favorite afternoon coffee products. 
Uh, if I'm going to have a cup of coffee for some reason in the afternoon, whether it's a long, busy day, whatever it may be, um, I love taking their stuff because it really doesn't give you this like jittery, super elevated, caffeinated feeling, but you feel like you have energy and you don't have the crash later. So genuinely do love NeuroRoast. Again, their website is N-E-U-R-O-A-S-T dot com and the code is shameless. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. The episode is up after this. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. I am pumped today to get Susie York on the podcast. Susie, welcome to the show. Excited to be here, Shane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I I, I didn't even tell you this before we started recording, but you've been on my short list of founders that I've been trying. I've been wanting to get on here since I started this, so I'm pumped to finally make it happen. Um, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time. I know you're you're obviously doing a lot and you're building businesses, so thanks for hopping on here. Um, for everyone who doesn't know who you are, which is going to be surprising because a lot of my consumers and listeners of this podcast are dialed into this industry, can you just give everyone a quick overview of, of your background and the businesses you've started? I think it'll ring some bells pretty quickly. Yeah, perfect. Susie York. I'm a now 30-year marketing veteran. So my first 20 years was in consumer packaged goods as a you know, climbing ladder VP of marketing CMO. And I worked at five multinationals. And I then spent a lot of time consulting in the natural space. And I worked for five or six um, CEOs uh, for smaller brands, you know, two to a hundred million, say Canada, US. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I think I can do this. And it was around 2015, 16. Uh, so I was the right hand, you know, strat planning, all the P&Ls, uh, three-year plans, and obviously all the sales and marketing plans uh, in, in wearing my hats there. But I had like for 35 years, the excuses, you know, I told my, my mom 35 years ago, one day I'll start my own brand. And I was like big corporate Susie. But I had the three excuses that many of us have, you know, oh, I don't have the time. My kids are too young. Oh, I don't have money saved. I was single mom 10 years in my 40s. So it's pretty hard to save money and, you know, For keep sure. your house. And I didn't have an idea. So I had my safe three excuses. But then what happened is I read The Big Fat Surprise by Nina Teicholtz. I just mm. stumbled onto the book. I, I was kind of starting to, to to follow the trends and realize, oh my God, goodness, there's something going on with fats. I had been on a low fat diet for 20 years. I you know struggled with 10 pounds, 20 pounds in my 20s. So I started running and then, oh, running turned into cycling and cycling turned into, oh my goodness, triathlons, which were huge in Ontario. Oh, wow. And yeah. I followed this horrific low fat diet. So by the time I got to my 40s, low fat diet for 20 years, Ironman, you know, once a year had 11, you know, big, just big a casual Ironman yeah. once a year, Oh man, my body was wrecked. And you know, I was leaner, like, like, like I am now. And I was like, man, I'm on high blood pressure meds and prescription IBS meds. And I'm mid forties. And I'm like, my goodness gracious, right? I'm not eating any fat. I'm being very careful. I cheat with sugars on Saturday night. I, you know, I do my five hour bike rides. Hey, I can do that. Sure. But no, I, it was a mess. Like my whole body was saying like, this doesn't work. So when I read Nina's book, I'm like, oh my goodness, of course, you know, you only have three new macros and I'm starving mm -hmm. the fats and eating way too many carbs and I'm just average protein. So I, I was pissed. I was really 
you know, I was fueled with like, I'm annoyed. Like we've all been misled for 40 years as you know, Nina has. It's funny you're starting with this because this is something, honestly, I talk to my family and friends about Mm -hmm. religiously right now. Cause I, I can't believe how many people are still in that camp of belief. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole, you know, and I don't like all, you know, the government bodies are a big issue, right? The pyramid is over 50% carbs. So, um, you know, there's like, you know, big kind of battles happening right now to try to change the policies in Canada and the US and around the world, because the the policies that encourage eating all those carbs, including the sugars and the grains, um, you know, have led to the obesity issues that we have today. And, you know, Nina talks about that in her book, but the policies drive school programs, military programs, etc., um, and funding and funding for more research. And it's all interconnected, you know, the, like the ketogenic diet and a low carb diet is uh, linked to improvements in metabolic health, which, mm-hmm. you know, we all need because we're all dying uh, earlier and we're we all, all suffering from metabolic diseases, including myself with cardiovascular now, right? So, oh, wow. um, which we chatted a little bit, well, you know, yeah, which yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, like how, what can I, what else can I do? I'm checking off all the lists to avoid cardiovascular and I still have it. So, um, so for me, I was really like, I was really, I was really pissed and Back then, there was only Nina's book, but Dr. Hyman was writing a book, Dr. Mercola, like all the big doctors were writing books. And I was like, well, I'm not going to write a book. What can I do as a, as, a, as a brand builder? So it was obvious to me I needed to build a brand. I knew that Chobani, you know, launched their brand and really it helped accelerate protein in the U.S., gluten-free, even though it was a few brands, was a step change. You know, you you had Atkins was a brand. You had patterns of brands driving change in perception and awareness. So I kind of said, well, somebody like me is going to say, well, now we need a fats brand. Yeah, you know, right. Somebody's going to do it. Like somebody's so going to you know remember timing. Atkins. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to launch a fats brand and do my part to say, you know, fats can be good. So I, you know, was that. I was on the plane on my way to Expo. So now I'm at oh, Expo West. I'm Googling yeah. the USPTO uh, database. Like, oh, there must be some oh, brands. Oh, wow. We really? Yeah. yeah, already. Yeah, the hotel. because, And then I'm walking the show and I'm like, oh, somebody else must have thought about this. Because by then, there was more and more articles. You know, Nina's book came out and I was tracking everything. I had Google Alerts and like Tang Magazine had eggs on the front and then meat in the front and then, you know, Cheese is what? on the front. Like, I'm sorry, Susie. What year was this? What what expo uh, year was 2000, this? So Expo 16, March 2016. Okay. Okay. And there was a lot of meat at the expo. There was a lot of butters. Uh, and there was starting to be the higher fat content and stuff. So you could see, you know, if you're reading in the trends, of course, you know, plant-based was there. But you could see that there's it's percolating versus, you know, the previous, like, you know, the previous 20 years, which were anti-fat. So I kind of knew between what I was seeing online and magazines and articles, front page New York Times, obviously, and then the show, I was like, mm, somebody's going to put two and two together. This was before the word keto even was no, like the word keto right. did not, we, we really started hearing it in May 2018. And in Canada, so I launched, so I kind of said, okay, like I want to launch a brand. 
I launched in August of 2017. In May of 2018, so I'll back up on that in a sec. But in May of 2018, we were the first brand in North America to have a brand with PDQs with the word keto, ketogenic on the front of the PDQ. Oh, were you really? Yeah. The, I did not the know buyer, that. The buyer in Canada was kind of bought in and she said, you know, I want to be the in, first in the world with keto um, on an end cap. And Whoa. she, so she actually listed us before the planogram so with, with, uh, she was that in a hurry to get to market, but keto was, so it was the first time you saw keto anywhere. Like, you know, if you go back even on LinkedIn, like in, in early 2018, there was no, like, there's no brands that like other than, but good fats, we didn't even love, I launched as Susie's good fats in okay. August, 2017. By September 2018, we're selling a million a month. We finished our first year at 8 wow. million, our second year at 47 million. Like it was wow. nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was I didn't really, realize it grew that yeah. fast. Yeah, it was really, really nuts. It was Canadian dollars, so sure. not oh, yeah. quite I, as big as- I helped as... <laughs> RX in Canada, so I know the whole yeah. conversion thing. Um, but it, it really, really uh, took off. And the first 12 months, we didn't even have the word keto on the brand. Like now there's the little, you know, keto certification. So this is yeah. the, you know, fifth iteration. So I launched Susie's Good Fats. This is my t-shirt. Oh, very cool. This yeah, they got the original. Ugly, yeah, I hated this lo this font here, but I couldn't get better. You know, had work, you're going. And it was like, okay, well, sure. we'll print yeah, another version. So this is whatever, six, six iteration, and this is the Chewy Nutty uh, line that we launched that's different than the truffle bar. The truffle bar is the original fats bar. Uh, okay. Same, very similar macros and ingredients, but the texture is different. So, you know, I kind of had a five-year um, ride as founder CEO of Love Good Fats. And it was just, you know, the Wild West days. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was raising a million and I've got three million thrown at me. And then I was raising three and we got 10. And then, you know, I was talking to all these VCs Whoa. and all the VCs were like, no, no, you need to raise 20 and you need to raise 50. And I was like, oh, my goodness, wait, like, you and know, at this similar, point, yeah. At this point, though, Susie, I mean, you, you had gone from corporate life to jumping yeah. into this. So going from the concept of going to Expo West to launching yeah. a product. How long was that? Yeah, well, I I I had an in-between phase. So, my last big corporate job was at Weight Watchers, I think 2014. So, I had like a, you know, a slow immersion. You go from, you know, like boiling like you 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 kind of go from cold water to medium water to, to hot sure. water. Oh, so, yeah. I I stepped my way into it. So, I had been I think this year will be the 10th year at both expos. So I, or maybe 12th year actually. So I, I was familiar. I was, I was a fractional CMO for five brands um, over like a two year period and or three year period. So, so for me, the, the, and when I was in corporate, I was an intrapreneur before mm. the term was even coined. Yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, when the, I first heard this term towards the end, I was like, of course, that was me. So I was this entrepreneur bucking the system in corporate, learning the basics. I'm pretty, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm, I'm McGill electrical engineer who was the first ever hired at Procter & Gamble in Toronto without a business degree. Wow. So I kind of, you know, when I'm on the spectrum a little bit, I've since learned and I, you know, I learned I was lesbian and then I was on the spectrum, which supposedly is 
connected and common for some okay. of them in my, my generation. So I kind of had, you know, it's a different, uh, entirely different world than today. You know, I graduated 1990 and got the big corporate job and the suitcase and the nylons and the, you know, the skirt suit and oh, for sure. learn the P&G way to build brands. But that, everything I learned in my six years there applies today because there's some very strong basics on positioning and, and the branding and the research approach and the awareness and trial and then winning at the store and all those basics. So it was a different time. But for me, the path worked really well to go from corporate to fractional CMO for smaller brands than, you know, okay. multi-billion dollar uh, and then I was like, okay, well, now I've worked for five or six CEOs and they're hiring me as their right hand and I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm making them all this money. Like I want to do, like, I want to, I, like, I can do Why this. Why can I do this? Yeah. yeah. So, so for did me, you, it worked did you out do really it well. As you, were, as you were a fractional CMO, were you also yeah. tweaking oh, and yeah, testing yeah. Love Good yeah. Fats? Yeah. Yeah, I had like a 12-month overlap. So my contracts, you know, went from full-time to part-time. And then I had to manage my budget, make my personal budget, right? I was still a single mom and kids mm -hmm. were pretty young. And and yeah, for sure, you know, and, and I was very much looking for a partner because I was pretty insecure with the ability of just doing it myself. And I, I literally, I think, met like I had a mission to find a partner and a project so I quote you know spent time with uh, five or six but no one wanted to like the folks I was finding I wanted to be complimentary and we would both you know be full-time founders and uh, I couldn't find anyone that was a complimentary and then b that wanted to take the jump out of the you know the safe salary and move it's hard over. right yeah, so then I wind up doing the first raise by myself and doing all the incorporation documents. And then guess what? Then then it's too late, right? Like then you can hire. Yeah. So I hired like a COO and I had advisors. And can I, I ask board. one question there too, Susie? Yeah. Sorry, just because I'm, I'm super curious. Yeah. So you're is you you're you're doing the big corporate thing before we start recording. You even hit on you know most people their lack of jumping is kind of like the three safety nets. Yeah. Um. You know, time, responsibilities yeah. with kids or family, and then yeah. money put away. Yeah. For you in that moment, did you ha have the ability or think about trying to bootstrap this or was it always like, I'm going to go raise capital, be able to give myself a nice little salary or whatever. I don't know what your oh, situation no, no, was, yeah. but no, yeah, no salary. So, no, no. Originally? So it's, in, it's kind of in the middle, like the, and the times were quite different. So we'll talk about that a bit, but you know, I put in a couple hundred thousand of my savings. So I took my daughter's universal little fund. And then I raised, I was aiming to raise 500 and I raised 397. It was enough for the first production run. The first production run was a full fail. So we blew $80,000 that oh we lost. God. Like we had to write off the packaging and stuff. Now the co-man was awesome. They didn't charge us. So they ate, you know, their part, the ingredients and their time. But we okay. still lost 80 of the 400 we had. So it was like, it was like nerve wracking. I mean, that's what a lot, I don't think a lot of people know mm. that haven't been oh. in CPG or packaged food is there's some of that up front where oh. you're like, oh, I can, can I jump in for 10 grand? And oh, you don't no, realize no, like, no, no, no yeah. like you could do a no. production run. It costs you a hundred grand. No, and it, yeah, not yeah. work. <laughs> and you know, I'm getting goosebumps. Like it, it's insane. You know, I was 50 and again, you know, single mom juggling a few things, kind of pivot in career. You're kind of like, okay, I stepped out of big corporate and, and I was doing consulting. So I kind of had stepping stones. It wasn't like a shock of, you know, someone who just 
leaves today a big corporate job like so sure. i kind of worked my way but it was still very very hairy and i was going into launching my own brand and i raised 400 i had you know because i was doing a little race i didn't know anything so i was like okay i have to find corporate counsel i assume so i you know linkedin hey help i i interviewed three found them and everything was linkedin you know the the, the kitchen labs like i knew like oh really quick, all linkedin quick books all linkedin like well a little bit my network, but if it wasn't like, if I didn't have, so I like, I'm probably a, a classic of the executives back then. You're super busy. You have an hour commute on boat ends. You have, you know, the lunches you have to make and I, I had carpool drop off. So you don't have time for networking. And I always felt guilty, like, you know, barely keeping in touch with anyone. I had 400 people on LinkedIn. Now I have like 20,000. Yeah. And I never like made it a priority. I always felt guilty. I'm not making it a priority to stay in touch with, you know, my ex coworkers, my mentor. Like I never even sought out mentors. Like I always kind of felt I'm doing such a bad job at what I, I know inherently should, I should make time for, but I was, I had all the excuses, right. I'm training sure. for this Ironman and this year. Yeah, you hit on that at the beginning. Blah, blah, blah. Iron Man yeah. alone is a yeah. full-time job. <laughs> but now, you know, the younger generation now is in a different spot because there's no excuse to not network. Like back then, mm -hmm. like I didn't, we didn't even have LinkedIn and, and, and whatnot. So, so when I, when I started, um, when I launched, when I started, got the idea. So I'm at Expo West, I'm Googling USPTO names. I'm walking the show. So I'm there for three days at the plane time. And obviously I'm writing the concepts and you'll see in my book, I have the very first concept of Susie's good fats. And I oh, had wow. all the name, I have fats, love and love fats. And I have all these crazy names. I'm like, how did I even think that that would make sense? But I, I was already writing what I teach and what I've spent my career teaching the four P's and the positioning. So you use a concept, you use, you know, a headline, like the pitch, right? The dragon's den pitch, the shark's den shark pitch, the seven second pitch, the one minute pitch, whatever you want to call it. It's a con in, in big CPG, it's called a concept. So I was writing down the insight, the problem we're solving, the benefit of the brand, the reasons to believe the benefit to be true and the pricing strategy. So I came back from the show with concepts. And like, I started drawing them out by hand. And then I'm like, oh, I wow. spent the first $8,000 on, on getting help with, with a favor, with a packaging agency. So then I have under one hand, my mini pitch deck and oh my God, it's horrific. Like I, I still have it and it, like, it's, it was I'm embarrassed, start, you know? Yeah. But I would show this little, you know, crappy little PowerPoint and everyone I met, I met about 200 people in 12 months. There's one person who said, don't do this. Like, you're crazy. Mm. This is like, this is way too risky. Wow. 199 that I met said, wow, Susie, A, you know, I'll support you in one way or in the other. And is a big idea. And then I would even say, you know, I'm taking Nikki's money, right? Like, if this doesn't work, it's my house, right? And they're like, no, this is a big idea, right? Like, you, I made it personal. And then I still got a lot of support. So I had like a group initially the first year I didn't get paid. Okay. Uh, well, the first year and a half. And then, you know, I got paid, you know, like 2000 a month and then eventually four. And then, you know, like, do, do you think that, cause I, I don't think we talk about that a lot for founders in that space in that, in that time zone. I mean, was that, it had to be incredibly hard 
to to, yeah. to just put all your time and energy in something you're making zero money from today. Yeah, and it's like it's a. I mean, there, there's, there. I think you hear about some of the success stories, particularly in tech, where these you know twenty year olds are you know becoming multi gazillionaire and stuff. But yeah, when I launched, it was a time where. You know, in food, there was one out of two, three, four thousand brands that had a chance to make it, right? Like RX right. would have been one of them, Vega a little bit before. It just for you to start a food brand was a little bit crazy because the, the fail rate was nearly a hundred percent, other yeah. than a few exceptions. So nobody did that. No VCs, like it was a zero. <laughs> I don't know any VC who would have invested in food like prior to 2015. Like it would have been the exception and you would have had to already be at 10 million in sales or something. So, so but the, the bubble was just starting to turn because between Vega, RX, um, there was another bar brand that exited. There were like a few suddenly, right then, yeah. yeah. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. And tech, bubble was blowing up again so then i was like oh wait maybe we can fund food start food and snack startups yeah so it was it was so like for me i got really lucky with you know i launched a fats brand because i wanted to get the word out and then keto within a year of me launching just took off so then yeah, incredible i started timing you know, yeah like the timing yeah. Like it was just, and the product was like no other bar out there. Like the truffle bar is just, you bite into it and it just like, it's a truffle, like it's a soft truffle. And so I would video back then I went to like, I, you know, I was everywhere. I went, I pitched every single buyer myself, every single store I went myself, every single consumer show I was there. I've, I've touched, you know, 400,000 people personally, like, and I would wow. take videos. Like I yeah. would take videos of the store manager taking a bite and he would be like, are you sure you want a videotape? What if I don't like it? Right. Cause bars, like yeah. most bars are pretty There's close. A lot that are not good. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're full of sugar. And, but so I was like, no, no, like one gram of sugar tastes delicious, melt in your mouth. And then you, you bite into the bar. It's full of good fats, coconut oil. And the bar actually melts. Like with your taste buds, suddenly you have like a rush of good fats your serotonin, your brain gets a signal of flavor and it's all soft. People are like, what the heck is going on? Right? Like the protein bars are like, knock, knock, knock hard bars. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'm showing up with this. So it was insane. Like, so you had the checklist, you know, the three P's, I had the right name. I had 22% of consumers. I did like five rounds of consumer research. In my last round, I had 22% of consumers said, don't call the name with the word fats. They had fats as a dislike. They're like, no, 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 no. I will not buy a brand. Actually, we had consumers in verb verbatim saying, I won't put a, will not put a brand in my, um, my cart, cart with the word fats on it. In, in verbatim. Just because mis misconception yeah. of what well, fats make know. you fat yeah. type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know seven years ago, like there's still a lot of issues with the word fats, but keto basically made good fats a good thing. Yeah. But it wasn't when I launched. So I was very bold. Like there was no brands, no food brands in the world that had fats in their brand name. Right. The product yeah. was just a melting truffle. The price was pretty reasonable. Like it was a premium bar. Oh, I guess you had bulletproof actually back then. Yeah. I take that yeah, back. I would say. Bulletproof had a lot of fats. But get it wasn't keto. 
like the, the no carbs yeah yeah and it was I, mean, I remember when they came on the market mm. it was one we we, we paid attention to at our x bar because we were really mm -hmm. curious how that was yeah. going to land with consumers yeah i remember and that so we kind of you know there was that brand and it was at whole foods and uh but we had a lot of advantages versus that brand in the name and the product um, and how it melted, you know, that, that bar is very different. Now they've launched a bunch of innovations since. So I kind of, and then I hit the category trend and, and I priced it right. We are discount to bulletproof, but premium to like an RX, et cetera. So, Super you know, smart. Kinda, and then I did the founder, uh, like the big difference with, with founders is yeah, you're not getting paid, but B you're, you're there. You're in every single store, every single buyer meeting, every single trade event, consumer event. Um, and that was a really big gift because like a big CPG in my 20 years, I, I was behind a focus group window and that's the yeah. most, you know, I did one in home in 20 years. Other than that, you talk to your friends and family, but as a marketer, you're not engaged with your audience as a founder. Boom. I was everywhere and it didn't right. take long. Like I did the first production in, in August and then by October I was changing the formula for the January production and I was launching two more flavors and I was working on the August plant-based ones, right? Mm. I was like, boom, 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 boom. So in like 24 months, we launched like 12 SKUs and wow. we made all the packaging tweaks four times, like fast adapt, fast adapt, fast adapt yeah. in 24 months. Wow. And Susie. that doesn't happen in big no, CPG, it doesn't right? Like it takes forever. And, you know, we met Whole Foods, like they, the numbers, at Whole Foods Canada were off the charts. So they were like, we had averages over $2,000 per store. Oh, wow. Did you really? Per week. Yeah. Like it was insane. Were you so, mainly focused on Canada then or did you go Canada, US no, at the same I just, time? Well, I just launched in Canada, but then within like six months, we had these insane numbers. So Walmart US was looking at the Canadian POS, right? In their portal. Sure. Whole yeah. Foods US was looking at the Canadian numbers in their portal. So everyone was calling me saying, what the heck? Like, these can't be correct, right? Like, mathematically, there's no brands that had these numbers like that in the US. So they're like, can you come meet us? So that's so then what happens is in June of, you know, the brand is nine months old. I'm flying down and meeting US retailers. And then wow. everyone's inviting me and I'm in, you know, the Kroger innovation, yeah. to Walmart innovation. And so we got listed really quickly at Whole Foods US nationally, like launched right in 2000 and, um, 2000 and beginning of 2019, like we're on the shelves nationally. So we were one of the first three brands, I think that was a national launch and because they had just centralized everything. So we are really, you know, grateful of having tremendous support from that banner and then it just snowballed from there wow um you know they they saw the trends and they wanted to support the brand so it so it went yeah. pretty quick now we did kind of you know the cinderella story hit a bit of a wall like we we were you know 47 million year two we're like in uh, tens of thousands of stores in the u.s but then covid hit and COVID hit the portable nutritional category, True. like 40% down overnight. Like I, right. I, I think uh, RX kind of saw oh, that yeah. too and Cliff and everybody, but the, the smaller brands got hit more. Um, and we also had like 10 competitors kind of jump in. So now everyone was listing keto brands and stuff. So we kind of, we, we didn't grow. We lost some kind of bigger distribution. We were very fortunate to have Costco, which 
you know, multiplied every, right. every, everybody, when we got into Costco, every retailer grew, like it was like a phenomenal, um, multiplying effect. So then, Costco's you know, a phenomenon. it it's, was incredible yeah. because like everyone wins, right? You had awareness and yes. trial and trial and trial. So everybody was winning. Like Unify was two to three times higher. The other big distributor in Canada was two to three times higher. Like everyone was winning because they help build the brand. And this is what you learn in big CPG, right? Awareness and trial. Like you would spend millions of dollars on the Super Bowl ad or your, your media plan right. to get that impact of multiplier awareness and trial. So we got really lucky with that. But then, you know, some banners like Costco were pretty aggressive with, with, with COVID to just, you know, pull away from pull away. certain yeah. categories. So, so, you know, so we kind of went into some, some tougher times and stuff, but the, but still, uh, you know, COVID came to an end. And as we all know, you know, bars are, are, have been back and they're back and, you know, we have a, a very, uh, a very strong brand. I think we are in, in Canada, not as, you know, not as big. We didn't hit the hundred million in the U S as we were on track to, but, um, you know, we, we did something that, you know, there's hardly any brands. I think there's maybe three in all of Canada that have built a brand as big and as fast. Yeah. Um, it's hard and, to do. It's, yeah. You're, you're one yeah. of a few. Yeah. And Susie, and then, when you're there, it's not right because, and that's a whole other topic. But if you can't get to that critical mass, you know, over ten and twenty and thirty million in Canada and over a hundred million in the U.S., if you don't get past those milestones, it's really hard because you you need kind of that critical mass to be able to get some funding and reinvest and manage your P&L and manage your overheads and manage your, your cost of goods. So it's, it's that tough world that if you're smaller, you kind of have trouble staying alive. Yeah. But if you can get to that critical mass, then you have an advantage. You're still small compared to some big brands, but at least you're over that milestone. And, and we got over that milestone. So that right. was a big gift. That's amazing. No, Susie, thank you for diving through that. And I, I want to make sure we save a little bit of time for your new company. So can you give us like the 30 second, how did you're still a part of love good fats, yeah. right? But did yeah. you guys, did you actually have an exit or how, how did no, it, for everyone listening, where's it at? Yeah. So with the volume going down and with the whole wild west crashing, uh, there right. hasn't been a lot of exits. And no, certainly I don't, I don't think there's been any in, in portable on the go foods uh, since, since the, the crash with COVID, but time. it's a, you know, it's a $30 million uh, brand that uh, is in all the major retailers and exceeding the minimums and doing really well. So now it's about innovation. Love Good Fats has just launched, I think, the biggest innovation ever for the brand, which is Love Good Protein, 20 grams of protein, one gram of sugar. That. So that's, you know, uh, I'm telling the CEO there, who's my former boss, you know, brace yourself because that is very similar to you know, what grenade experienced or what I was going to say, that's a genius yeah. idea. Yeah. Awesome. It's, a, it's a triple, it's an incredible product, triple, triple tread, like it's chewy and it's creamy and it's crispy and it's wow. insane. Oh, I got to try so, that. Yeah. I haven't tried, yeah. I haven't tried that I'll show yet. You, that's awesome. I'll show you a picture right before we go. But okay. then, you know, I stepped out of the CEO role. We were going to like hire a US CEO and, you know, take it to, to exit. And then, uh, so I was stepping out of the day to day and it was like, okay, that worked. That makes sense. I'm still like on the board and founder and have lots to do there, but not like a, a you know, a paid full-time job. Sure. And, um, 
And, uh, and then I was, so I had a CMO job. I got that from a, a former job and I was doing that, but then I, I had, uh, while I was at, um, while I was at, uh, at Love Good Fats, I'd met, like I'd seen some Coleman's and chocolates and one of them said, Hey, you know, I have some formulas and I've been dabbling around with putting vitamins in the chocolates and you oh, know, there's cool. a few brands. Yeah. There's brands out there, small brands out there. There's two or three that have done that. So I was like, okay, well, but no one's done that in a big way. So like, I knew like, Hey, functional foods, like they're here to stay adaptogens. That's only going to get bigger and bigger. So it's like functional foods, adaptogens, infusing pure chocolate with protein, fiber, adaptogens, vitamins, supplements, herbs, someone's going to do that. So I was like, okay, <laughs> why don't I give it a shot? So the same thing, you know, at first I was like, okay, well, I have this full-time job. I have this board job. I started Founders Helping Founders. I'm like, okay, I have three jobs. Now this is four. Like, this is crazy. Right. Um, but I did, you know, all the basics, you, same as concept, optimize, optimize the concept. So I was like, okay, well, let's kind of see if there's an idea there. So you, you know, work at night and weekends and kind of have your pet project to see if, if there's enough there. And then I finally took the plunge a year ago, last July. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Um, I still have the founders and I still have love good fast, but, um, but I did it full time. And then we launched uh, better chocolate in uh, across Canada. So this is functional chocolate with benefits. They're loaded with prebiotics. Each we have five flavors, each one of them, awesome. there's some protein ones, protein and fiber with the feel full longer claim because it's full of protein and fiber, but it's all pure bean to bar chocolate from Ecuador. So it's NGO little families. You actually, oh, wow. there's no preservatives. There's no alkali. You know, most chocolates is processed with alkali. Yeah. So it's a pure, pure, pure chocolate. What I didn't realize is you maintain more antioxidants. If you're not putting the cacao through the alkali process you're, that strips away the theobromine, the, the flavonoids, the antioxidants. Mm. The chocolate in the end is much healthier. So we're doing HPLC testing to be able to make oh, that claim. Yeah, you have more good, like it's like everything, right? If the food is less processed, you have more good stuff in it. Sure. It's just never, no one's kind of really kind of put all of that together in chocolate. Isn't so you that have funny? A, like yeah. in general, I feel like I, I mm -hmm. feel like I have this conversation once a day now where it's yeah. like, wait, all these things that just like we mess with mm -hmm. less are way better for us. Shock. Yeah. Like it yeah. makes so much more sense. So it's kind of like, wow, you know, you have a better tasting chocolate. You have pure cacao, cacao butter, no preservatives, no processing, nothing, no, nothing artificial. We had a little bit of stevia and, and uh, erythritol. And erythrol got beaten up a little bit. And, yeah, but, I saw that, but eh, yeah, I think it, overall, I think it's still yeah, yeah. It's, it's a natural sweetener, um, and it's it's not like you know the the artificial sweeteners. So you have a zero gram of sugar added, pure cacao. You taste the difference. So you know, and I launched a vitamin in the U.S. So oh, and cool. you can make health claims on the vitamins, and I can say you know healthy chocolate. So I have five vitamins. We're in two banners in the U.S., and then we have the Better Chocolates, which we're rolling out across Canada. We're in about 200 stores, and we're listed in another uh, two to 300, which uh, I'll, I'll keep updating my LinkedIn uh, sure. with, yeah, with yeah. the successes. I'll so, add that to the show notes. But it's back to, back to Scrappy, right? Like no salary for a year, and, you know, Molly and I are doing demos. Two of our four kids, and we're paid minimum wage to drive around and go store to store. And, wow. You know, 
just follow my okay. LinkedIn and you'll see yeah, who's yeah. doing what. What's it been and, like? Is it, I mean, has that been kind of wild to go back to that? Yeah, it's, I mean, when you're, you know, and you probably, if you talk to second round founders, you know, you're on a board, you're dealing with, I raised $30 million with Love Good Fats. We have, we have an amazing board of seven, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm now 56. And if, if, and you go back to founder stuff, like you're designing packaging and proofing everything and doing website. We don't have money. Like, you know, we don't yeah. have more. It's not hiring. We didn't hire any agency. It's all internal. We got a packaging agency because I wasn't happy enough with, you know, I thought we could do better and we did with, but it's all, so you're doing everything, you know, you're filling out forms and, um, so scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty scrappy. And so you, you kind of have to balance it a bit. I certainly, I'm pleased that I have, you know, my other board role. I'm helping some founders to kind of keep the CMO part of sure. my, yeah. you know, my life to keep that, those juices kind of fresh. Um, but if you're not ready to be scrappy again, and, and that's why I had a lot of advice from very successful founders that exited mm -hmm. and they were like, no, you know, <laughs> I'm not going back unless Unless it's going to be, you know, like Somos, you know, where you're, you're not really scrappy. You're, you're kind of a it's big. It's probably hard. I mean, I, yeah. I can only imagine like once you've had success at that level, it's, mm -hmm. it's probably, I mean, you gotta be a special kind of person to want to go yeah. back and struggle again like that. Yeah. Right. And like just why, like, go through you know? that stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then begging for, you know, a raise, you know, we're going to open yeah. up another little round. Do you, and, do you okay, see you this know? being another like game changing product line brand like yeah. you did with Love Good Fats? Is yeah, that why you did so. it? Yeah, I don't, well, for sure, like the business, the, the, the opportunity is huge. Like we're not going to have 47 million year two. I, I think those days of those type of growth and you saw it with RX is, mm -hmm. is pretty rare. And, you know, we're in a, a, a format that's nine or $10 with these and we're in vitamins in the U S so, um, the growth won't be, you know, as astronomical, but there's no one playing in these spaces and consumers are looking for functional foods. They're just allowed now in Canada, finally. Um, okay. And we're first to market with a better tasting product. We got the value equation, right? So it's affordable. Like we're, you know, we're not a bean to like the issue with bean to bar chocolates has been, you know, a chocolate bar is like $15. Right. Like yeah. who can afford that or 10 or $15. So I think we kind of check off all the boxes and it's, you know, day after day, we're getting more and more listings. We're getting uh, rotations, velocities are picking up, picking up. So we're really excited about back to school. Um, yeah, it's a big time know, for you guys probably. Yeah, it's a seven-year overnight success story, right? Like, you know, Vega, they I think are. was, Aren't, yeah. they, aren't the best mm -hmm. ones, they're, they're not mm -hmm. overnight. People yeah. think they might be, but they're usually yeah. at least that long. Yeah, love good fast exception with the two years, but, you know, we're, we're well on track for our, our seven-year overnight success story. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and Susie, um, I will be sure to add links to all of this so everyone listening can find both Love Good Fats and Better Chocolate. Um, I know we only, we literally are down to the wire here. So there's one question I love to ask every founder that comes on here, Susie, that I, I would love to hear your your answer because your your hands are just in so many different things right now. What what tools do you use um, to plan? You know, big macro goals, your yearly goals, all the way down to just like what you yeah. have to get done o today. Are, are you a pen and paper? Are you yeah, a yeah, yeah. app pen and person? Paper, are... OGSMs. Yeah. I mean, what's it's OGSMs all mean? Objective goals, strategy measures. Got it. Okay. So it's yeah, yeah. you know, PepsiCo had the house, and PNG and Conagra had OGSM, but it, it's essentially Mike Fata. Uh, I think in his latest books, also a fan of OGSM. It, it's I got, just I got really... his book up here. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah. 
so it, it but it, it's um you know the mat and that's a whole other podcast but the magic in goal setting is kind of how you it's not as much which tool or app you use it's the thinking behind it i've done it at like 20 companies now at least on average you know every year so it's more about the thinking that goes behind it and the mm -hmm. choice of words like you really have to be crisp in your choices because you can just write generalities you know eight strategies and with the general world oh we will get awareness we will launch in a bunch of stores blah 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 but the okay so every brand writes the same strategies and puts numbers but doesn't work like oh why not right like in and so picking and i've been like in in my corporate world i was at five multinationals and i was a change agent i was going in when things were broken so heinz was had been broken for 10 years weight watchers so i went in then and it it really is you know it really starts with the o the objective and the goals flow out and the strategies and i okay. saw you know bad strategies or not clear or not optimize strategies versus, oh, you know, new CEO or new president, different strategies, boom, turn around. So the planning tool doesn't matter as much as to who is the executive, who are the executives leading the planning. That's really important. And I think mm -hmm. a big takeaway today, because I think a lot of people get stuck on the tool. Um, yeah. Yeah. More important on the process. I love that, yep. Susie. Well, I know you got to run. Um, I will, is the best way for people to follow along in your journey, LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but LinkedIn's the, you know, you can DM me and I answer all my DMs. Uh, even though I get, you know, 20 uh, cold a calls a day, uh, I try to find, you know, the non-cold calls in there and make sure I, I reply to everybody who reaches out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Susie. I will add Perfect. all that to the show notes. It was a pleasure meeting you and uh, let's stay in touch. Okay. Thanks, Shane. Awesome. I'm going to jump Susie. off, but you know where to find you. Absolutely. Thank okay. you. Sure.